48-hour art check. Best of podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday on YouTube, 9 p.m. California time, and you can join us there live in the chats or watch them later. You can always check things out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR. We take the best conversations from those live streams and rip them and put them into this podcast. Today's topic is the value of thinking about why. Um, and the reason, I, the reason I suggested this as a topic is because um, a lot of times we, we gloss over why, and I find myself doing this a ton. Um, it is kind of valuable to think about like the why behind something. And it's kind of anything. Um, I, I think there's a, there's a dangerous area of that, of trying to use the exploration of why as avoiding like doing something. Um, and so I'm not talking about like this weird self exploration or I'm going to go off and go find myself or something like that. What, what I'm talking about is like um, just questioning, questioning why, why are you using that pencil? You know, why are you doing that thing? And, and a quick, a quick story that has been, has been told a number of times, but um, there's this guy that gets married um, and he notices that his, his, his new wife um, cuts the ends off of the roast before she puts the roast in the oven. Um, and he just thought that was interesting. So he watched her do this, you know, a couple of roasts in a row, you know, over the course of a few weeks. And he just asked her, he said, Hey honey, why are you cutting the, the ends off the roast? She said, Oh, it tastes better that way. Um, I, I learned it from my mom. So he goes to his mother-in-law he noticed that she's doing it. And he said, Hey, I was just curious why you, uh, why are you cutting the ends off the roast? And she said, Oh, it's, it's a family secret. It makes the roast taste better. Um, I learned it from my mom. So he goes to his, his, uh, his step grandmother, I guess. And he said, Hey, I, I'm just curious. Uh, what does that do? Cutting the ends off the roast. And she said, Oh, it wouldn't fit in my oven if I didn't. <laughs> and, and so, um, Sometimes, sometimes trying to figure out, sometimes we do things because it, because we do them, but we haven't really thought about why we do them. Um, and then other times I think if you're struggling to do something, um, understanding why is really important. So for example, like there are certain laws that people are like, that's just dumb. That's just stupid. Or, uh, I see this a lot with beginners, um, in almost every different, I don't know what you'd call it, a field or application of, of visual communication. Um, they always skip really important steps. Uh, and I, I, I'm guilty of this as you guys heard already, but, um, it's like trying to get them to sketch, uh, to sketch out their ideas or spend time concepting a good idea before they ju jump to execution. And they're always like, you know, this is just dumb. This is busy work, you know, whatever. And then every once in a while you'll get, um, you'll get somebody, that does it and then they see the value in it and they begin to understand why everybody sketches, why everybody does those ideas and those, and, and those word maps and those, those lists and blackout poetry and all the things that kind of get the creative juices flowing. Like there are reasons to do that and it's because it works and because there's certain things. And so as I'm like teaching people how to do some of this stuff, um, I really try to be very intentional about explaining why I'm asking them to do certain things. Um, and, and, at, and at some point there's just a certain amount of trust that you have to grant, 
you know, that this person knows what they're talking about. Um, but I do think that at some point, uh, a little bit later on, um, understanding why things are happening and why things are working can be really helpful because after the emotion of a decision is passed, you run into the, this lull. And Josh and I have talked about this in, in depth where, you know, kind of the creative journey is like riding a bike up and down a series of hills. And there's like that upward kind of push. I, at the beginning, it's this downward, downward slope and everything's easy and free and you're feeling great and you're making stuff. And, um, but if you wait to be struggling to understand why you're doing it or the value of it or the purpose of it or what the value that it's adding to other people or anything along those lines, then that uphill battle becomes really difficult. And oftentimes people will bail because they'll just be like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. This is dumb. And they just get out. And so I just thought it would be kind of an interesting topic because there's a number of, and maybe we could split this into multiple episodes, but there's a number of things that you can kind of explore with the value of why. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I was thinking of that scene in Idiocracy where uh, they keep insisting that plants need electrolytes. So they need to feed it with this like Gatorade supplement. And uh, he's like, I'm pretty sure why we're having a famine is because we're giving the plants like Gatorade. And they're like, well, plants need Gatorade. And he's like, why do you think plants need Gatorade? Because it has electrolytes. Plants need electrolytes. And he's like, no, I, th I think they just need water. And they're like, what, like in a toilet? <laughs> Anyhow, it just goes through the circular reasoning of, well, well, why do they need electrolytes? Well, because that's what's in Gatorade. It's, it's like that kind of thing of the circular reasoning where there's no actual answer to why. People just are doing right. a stupid thing. Anyhow, um, it reminds me of the roast thing you were talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, it, as a creative, it really is so important to consider why um, you're doing what you're doing, like on a conceptual level, um, basically like scaled down and scaled up, like from like the, the point to point just as you're doing, let's say you're writing a story or you're creating um, a single illustration or a graphic design, you should be answering why and asking why throughout that whole process. Um, and then it, it scales up like to the point of like why you're even doing what you want to do, which is a, a hugely important um, question to be able to have an answer for. So I'll kind of touch on starting with like the illustration level. Um, often when I was teaching students, like I would ask them why like, you know, a lot of early illustration assignments are to try to get people to conceptually depict things, like to start using um, art as a visual language. Because usually at the point where people are taking foundation classes, it's very plug and play where it's like, hey, there's a human being in front of you, draw them accurately. Or here's your homework, draw a bunch of potted plants, you know, go around, do observational sketching. Um, there's not a lot of why involved in that process. It's just very much like point and shoot kind of kind of mentality. And so like early illustration courses, you're taking these people, usually they, those come after all those foundation courses. And so you're usually taking people who have learned very much how to draw and you're trying to 
now that they have like the basic vocabulary, you're trying to teach them how to construct stories visually, which is a totally different game than like, I'm just going to do a drawing. And so a lot of early illustration assignments usually have to do with like editorial illustration or very brief sequential illustration where you're supposed to narrate something. Um, usually the first few are like on the nose and then like, the third or fourth assignment, you'll give them something where you're supposed to be a little more ambiguous. Like you're supposed to have an aha moment with, with the design. And one thing I've noticed all early illustrators tend to struggle with is exactly that question of why. So, um, which is a hard thing to give in a critique because people always think you're being a jerk, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not a jerky thing to ask. Like, like if, if you draw something, um, for a client, let's say your client's like a, 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 um, an, an editorial, you're, you're hired to do an editorial to uh, to illustrate like a really heady political thing. And you do this really on the nose illustration with arrows that point to different characters in your illustration. One arrow says like, this is the political figure it's discussing. <laughs> and the political figure is eating this food, which is a metaphor for this and you draw like these arrows like that's the like lowest level of editorial illustration you could possibly do what you want to do is an editorial illustration that even if it has those visual metaphors you want it to like really quickly convey like a why give a reason like yeah. maybe even add a narrative to to what it's illustrating and so i think a lot of the time like illustrators want to get to the end um, like you were saying with students where it's like, they don't want to do the sketches. They don't want to do the roughs. They don't want to do all the, the hard, the hard long process of thinking it out. And then they get into the art of finish and um, often don't, it doesn't usually hit home for those students until they're surrounded by students who put in all that early work who, who hang up something that says something. It's right. not a pretty drawing, but it's actually saying something. So um, I guess my point is, like, you know, when you create something, you should be prepared to answer why. And, and I would hope that your answer would be more than just because it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Because that's still, once again, what's cool? Like, what does cool mean to you? Like, cool is a vague answer. Like, you should be able to give specifics for wh why you're making what you're making. Yeah. At least if you're delving into, into um, visual communication which is graphic design illustration. If you're getting into trying to communicate visually, even if you're communicating in a more poetic way, um, you still got to be using the language and be able to answer kind of why. Um, and I think if you get into practice of that, you'll notice that the quality of your art gets better because you'll start thinking about the framing of your pieces um, more coherently. Like you'll think about the lighting You'll think about all of the, the costume, like all of the different realms of vocabulary that you have as an artist um, that you can use to convey that answer to why. So if you know what you're trying to communicate, why you're trying to communicate it, then you can, you're at, at, in, in a, a much better position to use all the tools at your disposal to communicate that, that why. Um, so that's a super long-winded way. <laughs> <laughs> kind of saying, but like on, on, so that's on the small level, on the larger, broader level, um, asking why is it just a really good practice in life? 
because you're going to find yourself in moments where you're going to inevitably um, be forced to ask why. Um, like, like Corey was describing, it's like a lot of art when you get going on it is a very fast downhill kind of momentum and it's, it's a lot of fun, but it gets rough. And especially if you're trying to make a living doing it, um, you'll start going uphill. You're going to hit a lot of roadblocks. And if you don't even know what your destination is or what your purpose is or what exactly is driving you in the first place, um, you're not going to have a lot to fall back on if you hit a hardship. Um, and so like a, a good example of that would be like, let's say you dedicate two years to writing a book that you don't even know why you're writing it. Um, and then you go through that arduous process of submitting it to publishers and just getting rejection after rejection after rejection. Um, I mean, e even at the beginning of this art check, like Corey showed the animation to one of his mentors and then there was a slight rejection there. It's not rejection. It's just like, it needs to be fixed. It needs to be, you know, so Corey's got his fallback cause he has a why, right? Um, and, and like, I think if you didn't have a why to fall back on, like that kind of thing can really destroy like an early, an early artist. Like, whereas Corey, I think you have a pretty clear why. Um, yeah. And, and one of the mistakes that I had made that he pointed out yeah, um, was that I wasn't basing the visual decisions on my why like i had a very i have a very specific message in the animation that i want to get across yeah um and not that you should strip everything down to bare bones but that's a good place to start and then kind of building from there and like brian mcdonald talks about the armature and other writers talk about the story's spine or whatever Wh whatever you want to what however you want to frame it <clears throat> if it doesn't serve the story and it doesn't communicate what it is that you're trying to communicate, you really need a good reason to do it. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that I didn't have a good reason for all of these crazy parallax, you know, deep depth scenes. And it, so it just felt very bloated and disorienting for no particular reason. And so now that I'm going through and I've, I've been reminded of that, which I, which I think is, is really a, like a valuable little side lesson that like, at no point in time in your career are you like, you know, an island that should work alone without feedback. Like you should, you should ask people who, uh, you know, for good feedback. But anyway, but now that I, now that I've been reminded of that, I'm going through scene by scene, and I'm thinking, okay, the overall message of this entire animated short is X. Yeah. So what can I do in this story? to most effectively and efficiently communicate X yeah. in this particular scene. And a lot of times the, the answer to that question is not, oh yeah, this giant, like, you know, 15 layered Z space, you know, flying camera gimbal move. It's like, oh yeah, a close up on exactly what this shot is supposed to say. Yeah. That's it. And just have it be three seconds long and then move on. And, and so there's a really interesting uh, efficiency um, in storytelling when you're able to do that. And if you, uh, I, I think a lot of movies and books and, and illustrations and comics and all kinds of things um, miss this where it's like, wh why is that happening? Why is this conversation happening? Why is this fight happening? Why, what is this shot about? Yeah. You know, and, uh, 
anytime, anytime you deviate from your why and storytelling, whether it be audibly or visually or, or sensory of any type, um, it becomes distracting and confusing to the, uh, to the viewer of that thing, because you're, we're, we're all hardwired to look for understanding. Yeah. And I think we've all had moments too, when you're watching a film and this is where it comes to like story structure is so important because sometimes you'll be watching a film or reading a book and there's something that seems like just a throwaway, like arbitrary thing in the plot. Um, somebody drops a pen, right? It's like an Agatha Christie novel. And then it's like, you, you know, they, they point it out and it feels a little like, why, why would you point that out? That's just silly. You know, that's a weird tangent. But then you get to the later part of the story where the pen being dropped is like the crux of like the entire right. plot was all hinging on that pen. So like you realize like uh, at least when you watch or read like a lot of masterful authors, Agatha Christie's very formulaic and, and that's not an insult. She's excellent at being formulaic. Like yeah. she kind of created the formula. Um, but what, one thing that I think is great about watching something that's really well formed is you'll notice that kind of thing done over and over again. And it's almost like the comedian doing the misdirect that ends up being the punchline of the whole bit at the end. Um, you know, like, and you'll see that in comedy all the time where somebody says a throwaway comment that gets a mild laugh, but then that comment is going to be, it's going to come back. There's going to be a point where they bring that back and it hinges the whole thing together. Um, and that's structure and that's a why like there's a why to why they threw in that that random statement so um I, yeah i agree i think like if you can come up with why early on and ask yourself that throughout the process then you wind up with less waste and um you wind up with a much co more coherent story and even if you end up with parts that like misdirect which is part of telling a story um, there's misdirection, right? With like, uh, uh, anyhow, I was going to make another analogy to like a magician, but it, it's actually true. Like in, in a magic trick, there's like multiple misdirects, but they're all intentional. So like every movement of the hand is thought out and pre-planned before, before the magician goes there. One's to like draw your eye to a different spot while something else is going on. Um, now, if you saw just a magician just come up and just start misdirecting all over the place and you couldn't even follow the trick, um, it, it would fall apart. The whole, the whole illusion would collapse and you're kind of at the same risk with visual storytelling because magicians do visual storytelling right. kind of creepier way, but they, <laughs> and kind of a cooler way. Magic's pretty awesome. But, but the point, the point being like, we're kind of doing the same thing. We're creating illusions and, we can really risk like people losing the whole plot if, if we aren't intentional and, and, and thinking about those whys throughout the process. Um, but it's also good to have those core whys, like those bigger whys, because I've had multiple points in the over 15 years I've been doing this professionally. I've had multiple points where I've hit like a wall and like uh, times where early on when I was freelance full time, like the freelance dried up and there was no income and i was like what did i do this for like what am I, like why didn't i go into law or like yeah. you know go into like you know like learn to be a mechanic or have like some useful skill you know 
I've had those second guessing moments that kind of come up when you do this thing for a living. Um, and, and those core fundamental whys are what kind of anchor you throughout those hardships and those, those hard times. So like for me, because I have a pretty solid answer of why with my graphic novel, when I've been like, wow, this is taking like five years now. Um, and I have those doubts come up. I have a pretty honest answer of why, like I'm doing it to begin with. That's, that's, that I pretty much had worked out before getting into it um, that I can always rest on and will kind of get me through doubt hardship as well. So that's on like the more, the broader scale, um, which I think is super important because if you're not aware of why you're doing art in the first place, um, you're going to have a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, I think. You know? What if your answer to that question is vague? Because <laughs> I, I uh, just to play devil's advocate for, for the sake of the conversation and because this is my experience when I first got into making comics, um, I was reading and listening to all this stuff, all these podcasts and all these articles. And everybody was saying, you know, this is super hard. If you don't know why you're doing this or what your end goal is, uh, just get out now. It's not worth it, you know, or take the time to figure out why you're doing it. I still don't know why I do comics. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm not sure. I know that I know generally and vaguely that there's something about it that, that, that fills a need and that satisfies part of my personality. Um, there's something about creation in general. Like for, for example, I was talking to, I was talking to Steve Leeper, who's an animator and, uh, <clears throat> and I said, Hey, I feel like I should apply. I should get this film into a bunch of festivals but I don't know why. And so like, why do people do that? You know? And, and I said, I, you know, I'm not going to win an Oscar. I'm not going to win an Emmy. I'm not going to win, you know, these big giant awards. And it's unlikely that I'll get any work from it. Or if I do, it's unlikely I'll be interested in the work that comes my way. But I do feel really strongly that I should be getting into these festivals with this animated short. And so we talked about that for a minute and there are lots of really good reasons. And I, I wonder what you what you two think. What if the reason is I don't know, but I feel like I should. You know, I I, I just feel like I, I feel strongly that it's the thing. I mean, I I could kind of BS it, and I could give you some justifications for that feeling. But the but the actual real reason that I'm redoing many scenes in this short to get it ready to go to these festivals and compete is because I feel like I feel like that's the move I should be making right now. And, and I can guess at the why, but that's not the reason I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it because of an impression that I've had. Mm. So I'm, I'm just curious what you guys, what you guys think of the, of the vague answer to why. I don't know. I want to hear Scott's take. On it. I, I, uh, I, I was going to weigh in on this, but, it, but, um, but I, I I had something in mind, but I wasn't, but then you kind of sprung this on me. So as Sorry. far as not know, no, no, as far as not knowing the answer, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes you just, I don't know. It's like a gut thing. Like, yeah. like I don't, I, I mean, there were with, when I decided to kind of kind of head this direction, I'm going with these digital products and making stuff for um, comic creators. I don't, I'm not exactly sure if my original intention was that I, I thought it would be, 
profitable or whatever. I mean, I, I was kind of, you know, part of it was just like, you know, I'm watching these hand letters and stuff and I'm it's, oh, that's kind of cool how they're doing this stuff. And then I'm like, well, you know, I could probably make comic, my own comic book fonts. And then it was just all these little things. And then I don't know, I just kind of started diving deeper into it. And then eventually it's like became this thing where, oh no, there's actually a, there's a, there's actually people that actually need this, you know, they, you know, there's a, there's, I guess, a hole in the marketplace, or these are things that people could actually use, and it's and looking around, and I was kind of one of those things where, and I was deep into making this stuff before I kind of looked into it and, and noticed that there's not really other pe- people doing this. Yeah. I mean, there's so many these digital marketplaces. They're, I mean, they're basically, I mean, they're they're just like flooded. I mean, there's so much stuff, but it's people doing the same stuff. And I looked on there and I didn't, I, for one, like, I think I even mentioned this before I launched it, that I didn't think that there was, there was comic book creators, so many comic book creators on these marketplaces. And what would it take to kind of introduce some comic book creators to these marketplaces? But it turns out I didn't need it because they were there. It just, the product wasn't there, but it was, I don't know if I'm getting off track or, but it's, no, that kind of feels a lot like a lot like my experience over the last 15 years has been I, f- I feel like I should move in this direction. Um, and then oftentimes the why to that becomes apparent and is is revealed sometimes really obviously and sometimes kind of slowly, um, you know, bit by bit. And then in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, that was that was a great move. I'm glad I spent. 18 months of my life doing that thing because it turned out really well. You know, I got this job or I was able to gain this particular skill set or go down that road and know for a fact that I never want to go down that road again. Right. But, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Um, that kind of instinct, but I, I do think that only really happens when you're immersed in something. I mean, you're you, Scott, you're able to kind of, you're able to kind of have that instinct because you're not an opportunist that's like coming into this thing sideways and just looking for like the next business thing. And you're like, Oh, illustration. I'll jump in on that. Like you live and breathe this stuff every day. And so your intuition, I believe is informed. It might feel random, but I feel like it's informed. Right. Because naturally, I mean, you see the stuff that's successful out there with digital products and you think, well, why don't I just do that? I could just do that kind of stuff, but then you're competing with everyone else for that. But the comic stuff is because I'm a comic creator. I like to create comics and these are things that I, you know, so I know you don't like the word passion, but until you give me another word to use, I don't know what to say, but, but when you do have uh, quote passion for something that's going to show, and I mean, it's going to be a, you know, you're doing your animation because something about there's, I mean, I, for me, I don't have that same attraction to the animation like you, because I look at animation, I'm like, man, there's a lot of repetitive stuff and it's a lot of work <laughs> to yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, to me, it's that I have no interest in doing that. I love watching animation. I love, I, I love seeing p- other people, the process of other people doing it, but I would rather just like, 
hire Corey Kerr to do my animation for me, which I don't. So, um, and I, I have done animation before, but I, I don't enjoy it like you do. So, uh, right. but you have, I think you have to, it has to be something in it for you. And that ch- kind of sh- shines through and who knows, you may not see what, what the end goal is, but to you, I think it's the process. And once you, uh, <laughs> once you, once you start working, and if you if you love what you're doing, like I said, that's going to show through. And then, um, I don't know. That's I think that's where all the, the great um, projects come from. It's it's the, the stuff that you know for whatever reason you just have to do it. Yeah, I, I do think I do think that like kind of that deeper calling, you know, call it call it a calling, call it a muse, call it the genius, call it a natural inclination or whatever. I, I do think that has, that has a lot to do with why anybody does anything. We, we asked, we asked people in the chats why they do what they do. Um, you know, and Victor said, uh, ever since I can remember, I've loved to draw and imagine my own stories and adventures. Uh, and that's a good reason to do it. I, I don't think you need anything necessarily deeper than that. Um, and, uh, and Frank is saying, I love to create, whether it's making a logo, making and editing a video, drawing, I just love it. Um, and so I'm trying to see if I missed anybody. If I've missed anybody, copy and copy and paste your comment again. Um, but yeah, so, and, and, and Jake is saying, Jake's making a really good a comment here. Uh, we don't have access to a good deal of reasoning that goes into our cognitive process. It happens on a really low level. We recognize instinctually that that it is something, um, but need to tease out it for answers. And and he was the one that was mentioning this five questions thing, um, mm-hmm. the five whys, which I had to look up while one of you was talking because I didn't, I wasn't familiar with it. But basically, it's a process of, you know, you you ask a question when there's a problem, and you ask why it happened, and then you ask why that answer happened, mm-hmm. and you've got to dig down deeper to get to kind of a root essential cause. Yes. Um, And so I kind of agree that like, I think there's some value in that exploration. I I, like, like we've all done episodes where we talked about why we tell stories. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I had really articulated or thought about why I tell stories on such a deep level until I talked about it with Josh for an hour. And yeah. that was really helpful to understand. It, I don't think it changed the way I felt about anything, but it definitely changed the way how I understood my motivation and reasoning a little bit more. Um, but it only happened because we explored that. So that's kind of an interesting process. Yeah. I mean, I, I can say like with my comic, um, because I've been working on it for so long, I've had multiple times. And and initially when I went into it, I really did cognizantly start asking why. And part of it was because I'd spent so much time making art where I was just kind of going with the flow and going with what I was feeling and trying to kind of beat deadlines and trying to kind of put stuff out to put stuff out. And I found myself with a bunch of art that I really didn't like love or care about. Um, And the only projects from the period of time where I was doing art for so long that I felt really proud of was the stuff where I'd really coherently had an idea of why, um, that I had set out with like a very clear goal and 
uh, gone and achieved it and kind of had a, had a self-authored vision like fully realized. So when I got into this thing, I had a very clear idea of why. Like I, I felt like the story was really important. I feel like it's touching on a theme that uh, not a lot of people are actually discussing in comics. Like people don't really talk about mental illness to the level I think they should. Um, I felt like it was a style of autobiography I haven't really seen. Um, it kind of comes from a voice that isn't really expressed very often because it's going to discuss Christianity, but it's not like um, part of the whole kind of like Christian uh, literature circle where like everybody cusses, but they like edit out the cuss words and they go, Oh shoot. You know, <laughs> and like um, where the world's like depicted as like a cotton candy world and they're trying to paint a picture of total depravity. It's just, um, to me, I, I felt like there's this, there's kind of an importance to what I'm writing. And then the weird thing is I also realized it has value whether or not people get into it, whether or not it sells well, whether or not it's a big publisher, um, because I think what it's saying is true. And I think there's a lot of value in truth. And so I, and I kind of, I've become more and more convicted that that's kind of what I like in art. I like art that kind of paints a really good picture of truth. Um, and, uh, there's not necessarily a market for that. I mean, especially like in our country, I don't know how often people are really interested in truth, <laughs> but, well, um, <laughs> again, Josh, you may just not know it. Just like with that, what I was talking about, I didn't yeah. think that there were going to be people that, uh, that, that were looking for this type of products on the yeah. platforms that I was releasing it on, but I was wrong. And, you know, so no, that's cool. I, and, and there's a, a potential platform for it. But the, the neat thing about asking those whys is like, I'm going to try to find that platform and I'll try to find that audience. And I'm super happy whenever I see friends of mine find audiences for their thing that they had a vision for. Um, but the cool thing about asking those whys is I'm not reliant on that audience to be content with what I'm making. And that to me, I think is really important. I would like an audience and of course I'll feel some fulfillment from it, but I feel like the project in itself will be a success if I set out and actually achieve the goals of what I had for it outside of just an audience. And I think that gives you a little bit of, um, it gives you a little bit of strength going into something like that. Like I think Scott, like on, on a, like it's very similar. Like you knew like what you were building was cool and unique there wasn't really a packet like that. So it was more of a matter of like whether people found it or not, but I don't think you had like a big question in your mind as to whether the product had value. No, no. That's the, the reason the whys are so important because like, you know, the value that you have when you get into those rough waters or the, or you have self doubt hit like right before you click send when you're uploading all that stuff, to you know these different design platforms where you're going to test the waters and see how it does it's like there's those moments of worry and doubt that kind of creep up and the nice thing about asking all those whys is it really defeats the enemy of doubt um and but once again it doesn't override doubt because you're also asking whys along the process of creation right so and part of asking why is doubt <laughs> Um, so it's like a conundrum, but 
anyhow, um, my point is like, I, I think more people could benefit from that kind of thing because once again, you're going to have ups and downs in the creative industry where, you know, the longer we're at it, you'll have things go viral. You'll have things get popular. You'll have things you really love that you put out into the world and no one cares. Um, it's a mix. And like, if you have a solid why as to like why you're doing it um, and it doesn't have to be non-ambiguous. Like a lot of what I was saying about my book, a lot of that's vague stuff. Like what's truth, right? <laughs> that's a weird, vague thing to say. Right. <laughs> um, but it's enough for me to kind of hedge my bets on a little bit, you know? And I, I think that's, that's kind of the value of asking why the other great thing about asking why is it makes you think outside of your own perspective. Yeah. Um, and so like Corey and I, like we don't agree on a lot of things outside of art, but we'll have these great conversations. And a lot of them are just composed of us both asking the other person, Oh, why is that? Right. You know, it's like, it's fascinating to hear why, like it's, it's fascinating to hear why other people have different perspectives. It's fascinating to hear um, why, like, like that's a good question to ask if you get criticism from somebody where they're like, Hey, that nose looks weird. Ask them why. Right. Cause yeah. it, that's, that's how you learn. That's how you learn how to fix the nose. You know, um, I was only mentioning noses cause I have a weird nose. So if I'm drawing a self portrait <laughs> and somebody's like, Hey, that guy's got a weird nose. Yeah. That's just, that's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Anyhow. So I hope that kind of makes sense, but I, I think, um, I, I really think it's a hugely valuable question. And I, the thing that freaks me out is when people haven't even dipped into the why question. Um, yeah. Cause and that's I, like winding up for a complete disaster. <laughs> and I, and I think, I think the part of this that we've talked about that we haven't mentioned yet, and maybe this is a good place to wrap cause we're coming up on an hour 100%. is uh oftentimes deeply exploring why will help you decide not to do something. And, and usually, usually on this show, we, we talk a lot about um, reasons to do stuff, but, um, and this sounds kind of harsh, but there, there are times when I'll sit down with a student and I'll say, um, you know, why are you, why are you in this major? And we kind of talk through it or whatever. And, and I, if their answers are, avoidance or negative, like I don't like math, you know, or I want to do this because it's easier than X. Then usually I, usually I try to say, I want you to really think about, you know, whether or not this is for you because um, you know, sometimes it's valuable. Like I, I changed my major in college five times and I'm really glad that I did because I found something that I, that, that I really felt like where I belonged there. But I mean, had I just been stubborn and been like, nope, I set out to be a psychologist. So I'm going to be a psychologist. I would have a completely different life right now. You know, I'd be spending 40 hours a week listening to people complain about their problems. And like, there are counselors out there that do that really well. And I would not, that would be a bad road for me to go down. And so because of questioning why it's not always just giving you a reason to continue something. Sometimes it helps unveil that your reasoning to do something is a little flimsy. And I'm not talking about vague, but like, you know, if, if you're like, Oh, I just thought this would 
you know, I thought this would kind of get me some attention, you know, or I thought that this would be easier than the thing that I really feel like I should be doing, you know, or whatever, those type of answers, like, it's good to acknowledge those so that you can stop doing something that you shouldn't be doing and do something that you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, any, any closing comments? I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a good place to stop. Got a, got a lot more about that. Um, a lot more out of that than I thought we would. So. No, I mean, I, I think uh, I, you sound like you had more to say that you might be able to break off into something else. And I, I, what I was going to go into, I think we could probably do a, a whole other topic with maybe two. So yeah, let's, let's tease it then for next time. Uh, so yeah, I was just thinking that we were talking about the why and everything. And I, w- I was just thinking of how uh, basically like when I was, when I was in college, we were just in that cusp where, you know, computers were just being introduced and they're starting to phase away the traditional media. And I remember, uh, years later I was on an advisory board for a college and they were, they really wanted to know, is it, is it worth still teaching these techniques? Is there a reason to still teach this stuff? And now with all this artisanal stuff and you see all the hand lettering and you see the screen printing and stuff like that. Um, I think there is value to that. So I thought maybe we can go into that. Yeah. I think that'd be a great topic. So look for that. Look for that probably next Monday. Um, Josh, where can we find your stuff? All right, you can find my stuff at quarterlystories.com or joshuakemble.com, and that's where you can read uh, my story about faith and mental illness. You can also go to tapas.io and search for quarterly stories there, where I finally updated. Uh, So you can uh, check that out, Um, and that's the way to kind of view it if you're looking at, if you like reading uh, comics online um, through your Android or iOS devices. So, yeah, that's it. Cool. And Scott, where can we find your stuff? Uh, you can find my stuff at cirqueworks.com. Um, oh, and if uh, anyone's interested, if you are local to the Arizona area, um, I will be, I think this weekend on Saturday, it's, apparently it's Batman Day. Um, so I will be at Surprise Comics. I don't know the actual address, but if you just Google Surprise Comics, I'll be there. I think most of the day, uh, you know, doing sketches and stuff like that. Uh, you know, celebrate Batman day. So cool. And you can find my stuff at Corey Um, and I'm also on Instagram and Twitter and you're on my channel right now. So before you leave, hit that thumbs up button because that helps trigger the algorithm and all the jazz and whatever. Um, and if you would like to stream, like we are streaming, we're using Streamyard. Uh, to do that, you can hit a little referral link down in the description of this video um, to go there. And they give us a kickback if you spend any money. And if you don't, there's a free version or whatever. Um, and you can check stuff out at coreykerr.com slash 48HR, where we have not updated our audio podcast as recently as uh, Josh has updated his comic. Um, but yeah, so... Um, Yeah, that's it. And if you guys have any topics that you would like us to address, leave those in the comments to this video because we we love uh, talking about what you guys want to talk about. Um, Keep art checking. I love that people are art checking in the chat here. And uh, yeah, figure out the why. Maybe maybe we'll come back again on Wednesday and and get some more answers after uh, after people have explored a little bit. So if you if you explore that a little bit and you you find a good answer, leave that in the comments of this video, and we'll we'll kind of revisit that. 
Um, and we'll see you guys in a couple days.